Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Tonight we'll be discussing the latest episode of Sci-Fi's 12 Monkeys, which aired Monday, May 2nd. Before we break down this episode, just want to remind everybody to check us out over at purefandom.com. Got a lot of great writers over there. If there's a show or movie you love, there's a 99.99% chance that someone over there is writing something amazing about it. Court, let the good people know how they can reach us. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Jindev, and he is Brad ZB. Be sure to follow at purefandom.com or at purefandom on Twitter. You can also check out their Facebook page. There are a lot of good people over there. And just let them know what you want to hear about, what fandoms you're following, because we want to write about it. So this week's episode was episode three. It was titled 100 Years. I wonder where that title came from. Hmm, I don't know. (laughs) Let's see. 2044, 1944. I am thinking that might be it. Yeah. Makes sense. Despite the growing tension between them, Cole and Cassie time travel to New York during World War II to track down a dangerous member of the Twelve, one of the messengers. The director was David Grossman, and it was written by Michael Sussman. So this week we dive even farther into the time travel mythos of the show, and we discover just in time what the messengers went. Well, we kind of knew because they said 1944. But from the flickering lights in in Mrs. Applebaum's room, it's safe to assume that the messengers arrived very close to the house. Oh, if, for sure. Or I was almost thinking she almost landed inside the house for that. Moment. Yeah, I felt like it, at least she did landed inside the house, maybe in the bathroom or something, because she she popped up really quickly behind Mrs. Applebaum, and of course, um, the guy popped up behind the husband. Yeah, and they had no problem taking them out really quickly. No, not I at all. Did like her face though when she was looking at the music that was playing. That was really interesting, like because they're not used to anything like that. Because they're from 2044, where nothing like that exists anymore. Right, but they adapt so quickly, it's like a nothing issue. I was really confused. Was that like a taxi driver or something? He, he knew them by name, but of course, those were not the Apple Bombs. I think it was just like a service. They just come and pick you up. Yeah, okay, um, that makes sense. They were going to the dance, and they surely had drivers that said, okay, you need to go pick up them and them and them. And they were just like, are you the guys? Okay, come on, come with me. Oh, for sure. Creepy and staring at me and stuff, but okay. Yeah. Uh, There was something about them that kind of reminded me of the Pallid Man. And this is going to kind of pop up later in the episode when they're um, having their little ritual with uh, Senior Crawford. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it was Tommy's father. They had the the whole ritual thing going and they had that little chant and everything. Remember um, Cassie and Cole after the the murder and everything, they mentioned something about smelling jasmine and lavender at the scene. Doesn't that remind you of the pallet man? Like, wasn't that his thing? He did do that. He, that was his thing. He, he did that before. And I'm not overly sure if he did the chant. I mean, the the, the little saying that they did. That was the first time ever we ever saw it. Right, but I, when he did it, I'm not sure if he did or not. It makes me want to go back and check it out and see if yeah. he said the same things. So could he be a messenger? I'm not really sure. I guess he could be, but not in the same sense that they are. Okay. He could be a pass down line. He knew about the Red Forest, so there's that. He's right. he's in the army, but I think he's he's a little higher up or something. I'm not really sure. I'm not. I, I'm not even sure the guy's still alive. I can't remember. For some reason, I, I thought he got away. But he was in the room when Cole injected himself with his own blood to save himself and mm-hmm. made, a ten, made the uh, paradox that blew up. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about that later because there's a strict difference on something else that happened. But 
Yeah, so I don't know if he got away because they did defeat the whole army that way, but hmm, I'm not sure. I'd That's like to see fair. him again, but I think if we do, it would be in 2016. Well, I hope we do see him again. Like, he was a really interesting, creepy character. That It's not something that you want to see go away immediately. Oh, I concur with that, yes. He's a good bad guy. Yes, he's a people. very good bad guy. So back in the future, between the anomalies wrecking havoc on the machine and Michael Hogan's music, Jones is really starting to lose her cool. I really, I love that scene. And, you know, even if we we just get like little bits and pieces of Michael Hogan from now on, I'm, I'm really cool with that. I just like him turning on the music and winking at her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I was okay, doing, I do you want more interaction. I think he was doing like, I was doing that on purpose because, you know. <laughs> It's, one it, of those it's just things. so funny. They had this whole life, and she really doesn't know anything about it. Exactly, and I, yeah, it, it makes you wonder if that was like one of her favorite songs or something too. Yeah. So does she have no memories of him at all, or does she have new memories that just kind of coexist with her old memories? No, she doesn't have any memories because she was outside that timeline. She she saw the time changes. The time changes did not affect her, so she doesn't know anything about him. That's so wild. Like, could you imagine, like, you just popping up and Tracy has no idea who you are? I know. That'd be crazy. She'd probably shoot me or something. Oh, for sure. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> crazy man. Uh, to no one's surprise, Deacon and Cole are fighting. I fight just club. died. It was great. First thing about Fight Club, we fight. Oh, for sure. The, the more amusing part about the whole thing was Ramsey egging them on during the whole thing. I, I love that scene. And for some reason, it didn't feel serious to me. I thought it did. I thought it was more or less, it was the, you know, the two alpha dogs beating it out, trying to see who's going to, you know, be the head dog. I don't think it was necessarily them fighting to hurt each other. It was more than exactly. fighting to, to show dominance over each other. Exactly. He's like, you may have been here before, but now I'm in charge. Right. Because, yeah, he's been, Deacon had to run into place for the entire time that Cole was gone. Now just Cole shows up and Ramsey shows up and he's like, uh, hello. Yeah, yeah and um, Jones and company are really dependent on, on Deacon. Right. He, he's kind of the one that saved the day for him. So it that does make it really clear that there's be no playing nice between those three. Oh, for sure. And there is a really interesting change between season one Deacon and season two Deacon. Yeah, season one Deacon was like really evil. He was. Or not even evil. He wasn't really that developed. No. Like he was kind of a one note bad guy. Right. But he changed a lot once he saw how more advanced the messengers were and how they just had no problem killing off everybody. Mm-hmm. And he decided, you know what? I think I'm with these human people over here. Yeah, plus she was going to help cure him. Well, there is that, but I think there was a little bit more to it. But I, which also talks about Cassie, I was like, I, their relationship is very interesting. I'm very curious about that relationship. It, it's it's kind of like what I was talking about before with you about uh, Legends of Tomorrow, with the whole fact that they have a relationship that we didn't get to see develop. So whereas last season we got to see her relationship kind of grow with Cole where they really cared about each other. And now she's in this new relationship that we really didn't get to see happen. And all of a sudden she has this loyalty to him and she treats Cole like crap. Well, the difference between this show and and legends though, is in fact, we don't even know what's going on. At least in legends of tomorrow, they kind of explain you, you, you know how the relationship went this one. You're in the dark. You're like, are they just friends? Are they really good friends? Are they friends? I think think they're really good friends. I think, (laughs) 
I think she helped him get better, and then he helped her become a badass, and then things kind of happened. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But you know, with the with the change, I'm really not a fan of Grumpy Cassie this season. I am not a fan of on mission crazy crazy Harpy Cassie. Let's kill everybody. It's the way to go. Yeah, let's kill everybody. Let's use his son as uh, blackmail material. Uh, Cole, I'm not taking you with me because you suck. Right. You won't stay on mission. And then she really doesn't want to go back to 1944. I think mainly because of that photo that they had. She's like, I don't yeah. want to get a photo with him. Like, I guess maybe she, she put that distance between them and she's afraid of the walls breaking down again. I but I, I, I don't understand. I know she's mad that he chose. He, he didn't really choose Ramsey over her. He chose, he chose Jennifer over her. Not really. No, he had the chance he, to kill Jennifer and he didn't do it. He was, but it was he, good that he didn't do it because there was something else going on with Jennifer, something that we needed to know. But he was, she, she is totally on mission with, that's the thing, you need to take out Jennifer, there you go. And, and honestly, really she she really she's not supposed to take out Jennifer at this point. Maybe she doesn't know that because Jennifer is in the future, so you cannot kill Jennifer. Well, she didn't know that part, but that's where she was. Yeah, that's why Cole's so important. This is true. So, with her not wanting to go back in time, one of the reasons why is 1944 is a slightly different place in 19 than 2016. This is true. Uh, I would be kind of worried how they would fit in. Cole doesn't know anything about that far back in time. Oh, God, that was hilarious. And I, I liked it when she got back and everybody was kind of staring at her wearing jeans. Like, ma'am, you can't come in here. I need you to leave. Yeah, you're just not dressed right. After she woke up, though, when she was standing there in the road mm-hmm. and the air raid siren went off and the lights started going off and looking. Yeah. I love that scene. I thought it was amazing. It was really interesting. I, I, somehow I wish we could have seen it just before she arrived because I'm like, what happened? Did, was there like a rip in time and she just got she just popped in and people were around her? Or like, how did that happen? Yeah, they never explain that. People just show up and no one notices. Yeah. But I loved seeing those lights go out. That was really interesting. That was really cool. And it was, she was like, what is that? It's an air raid. Where have you been all, all those lights? Well, that's what they would do back in World War II is if yeah. you had an air raid, all the lights went off in the city. Because the reason why is you don't want the bombers to have a target. Exactly. So everybody goes lights out and goes to hide. And I love the fact that when she got to the hotel and she saw Mr. Cole, we find out that he's been there for two months and he's been living the life. Whiskey sours, Cole. Yes, yes, he loves his whiskey sours. Hey, gotta enjoy the little things. Yeah, and she was just so disgusted. But what what else was he supposed to do there for two months before she got there? Exactly, because like, who who knows he who knows how long he was really expecting her. Like there there were no rules. Right, isn't this like the first time he's traveled with anybody? Yeah, well, like pretty much, pretty much. Ramsey showed up when he did, but like. Um, Jones said, though, due to the anomalies, it could be like, you know, you could be get there two hours after him or two days or what, like two months. So, yeah, I mean, he had to do that wasn't two years. (laughs) My only issue with the whole thing, though, is the Mm -hmm. fact that Cole was there for two months and still had a beard and long hair. It's 1944. Not really something that, you know, goes over that well. Well, Agent Cone went along with it. Because he was like, oh, you must be just back from the war and just dealing with that stuff. Right. He's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, did he, you know, he was trying to, the, uh, <laughs> the FBI agent 
hold on. Before I get there, let me jump back here. Okay. When Cassie was at the Emerson, mm-hmm. after she showed up, Cole receives a phone call. Oh, yeah. But there's no that. one on the other side. So who was calling? The and feature. is it the same person who knocked out Ramsey's in New York? Yes, it was the future. There was nothing else on it. It was like, oh, no one's there. And we just went on about their way. There was something about that phone call. It was Ghost Lori Grimes. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Everything's happened before and will happen again, I'm telling you. Exactly. It was a style on. So, no, that was... Michael Hogan. Michael Hogan took care of all that stuff. So, the FBI agent, by the way, in case you missed it, he was also a really creepy FBI agent in season one of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> story. He's yeah, he was even creepier, but you know. Oh, he was so creepy. Well, we're he, not going to even talk about the song. But no, go ahead. No. <laughs> he's grilling Cole because of his beard and his hair, and asking where he's been. And Cole couldn't answer any of those questions because he knows nothing about the history. Maybe he, he only knows the history that he needs to know to go as far back as he's gone at this point. But he knows nothing about World War II or any of the wars that have happened, so he can't explain where he possibly went away for war. Like he, he can't, he has this cover where he says, yeah, I, I am just back and I'm traumatized from being in the war, but he can't explain where he was. And so the FBI agent is getting suspicious and it's hilarious. And then Cassie comes and rescues him, which is awesome. Right. And well, she comes in and says that he was in the Philippines and, um, basically a little history thing here. He was actually, uh, in the Bataan death March, which, the Imperial Japanese Army had all these people do a three-month-long march from, um, well, it was a three-month battle. Anyhow, <laughs> they did a 60-mile march where a lot of people died during it. Yeah. And during the whole thing, they were, like, physically abused and everything else. So he, the fact that he survived that really explains why um, he didn't want to talk about anything. Yeah. And then, and plus his injury. Well, the, yeah, then she caps it off by going, and then when he was trained to escape, he was shot down there. And <laughs> you tell any guy that, they're like, check, please. I'm done. I don't need to hear any more about this. I'm good. It's okay. But the, the only downside for that, like, he's he's been there for two months, and he doesn't know anything about the wars, or in the, the fact that there are air raids, but you don't know anything about the wars. Right. You could at least get a backstory going on. Yeah, but I liked I liked Cassie's explanation, so I, I let it go. I, it was good. I liked that she just came in there with it, and then the other guy's like, all right, we'll go with that one. That makes and sense. How about Cole telling people that they're married, and then she's like, nope, He's my I'm brother. his sister. <laughs> I'm his sister. Yeah, she's a little separation there, a little separation. Did she seem a little jealous when he was uh, not flirting with that faculty woman? But The fact that she gave him the necklace? Yeah. That Jones said, you know, buy whatever, and yeah. she, he bought a donation. He did, exactly. his, he did his stuff. Right. I don't know why. This is what the thing about her being all grumpy about it. He did everything to get him in there. Exactly. All she did was show up and start judging him about everything. And I, I hated that. Like I need her to mellow out a little bit. I think that's the part that got me. Rather than oh, thanks, whatever. And no, you're just judging Cassie and everything else. So. Anyhow, she's the only one that knows what the messenger looks like and does spot him. Right. But then the door locks and they're screwed. Oops. So then the next time we see the professor, the ritual of flowers that was being dropped on him. Did you have that written down on what they were saying there or no? Um, what their little ritual killing? Yeah, their little chant. 
Yeah, the only thing I really got was uh, this is not death, there is no death, and then we'll see you again in the Red Forest. You oh. will not die. Oh. And of course, they stab the dude with a knife made of bone, right. which we later find out is made of somebody else's special bone. Yes, we'll- it's a collarbone. How many people went back in that in the of the twelve? No, of the uh, the messengers. I thought it was twelve. No, it couldn't have been the twelve because they stopped it. One burn up. I just didn't know how many went back or how many we saw. Oh, we we don't know. Remember, um, the, the couple, the two burned up, and then they took them out of the room once it started working again. So we don't know exactly how many went back. I almost want to go back and watch that and see what the group was there and what group was left and see how many yeah. actually went back. Because yeah. I think there has to be more than one group. Oh no, for sure. Because they were at it for a while before Cassie convinced Deacon to help them. True, true. Uh, last time we saw the flowers being dropped and those words being said, it was with the pallid man. Yes. And when he had Cassie and was talking to her about the whole, you know, going back to the uh, Red Forest. Mm-hmm. So after that, they see the picture of the monkey. Yes. I, I and to, were you confused? I was confused. I want some monkey artwork. Uh, me too. That's really cool. I was like, wait a minute, how did they get Jennifer's picture in the past? I don't understand. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was kind of lost in that one too, but... Did I mean, Cole somehow bring a picture back of, in the past, in the future, in a future episode? I don't understand what's happening. But then they explained it, and it was awesome. The fact that he's a primary also. Yes. Tommy. Tommy is a primary. Jones isn't happy with Ramsey and wants him gone. This is my whole issue with Jones on this episode. She blames Ramby for letting everyone die only to save his child. But when he turns that back around on her and says, you know, you only did this to save your child, not everybody else. She didn't really like that very much. Yeah, I don't like the fact that she's so hypocritical with it. I don't agree with what Ramsey was doing, but I understand where he was coming from. And I would think that she would understand, too. If she had come at it from a place where saying, I know why you did this, and I hate that you did this, but you can't be here because I, I can't trust you. Well, because Ram- you're going to try to hurt us. Ramsey was also stuck there for a very, very, very long time. He was, and he was very valuable. Like, he just helped them. Yeah, he's the one who knew what was going on and what was in 1944. Yeah, like if you give him an investment, like there's no, what else is he going to do? He has no choice but to help you now. Right, because you have his son, so he doesn't want to screw that up. Yeah, he does want to screw that up and like get him invested in this future again. Like his son is alive. He didn't do the thing that I said he should do when he was living back then. He didn't go meet up with his baby mama and go knock her up back and, and just avoid all the rest of the stuff. So... Like, he should just enjoy what he has now. And he might do that. Mm-hmm. He, j- he just has to win their trust back, I guess. We'll have to see. I mean, he already mostly won Cole back. But yeah, he's, I think he already won Cole back because Cole doesn't yeah. trust anybody. He doesn't get trust Cassie. Oh, for sure. And he can trust Cassie because Cassie is, I don't know what's going on in her head. I don't know where she is. And then she threw that whole thing with Aaron in his face. Oh, my God. When she's complaining about him, you know, you killed my ex. I'm like... But he really, he didn't do it on purpose. I was watching that episode uh, before the new season started, and the way Aaron died, like, there was no way to avoid that. Cole did not do that. The, a fire started because of Aaron. Not, is that Aaron? Aaron yeah. brought up the yeah. whole entire thing. Aaron was the one who dragged her into the car to sell her to the to the, to the army. Right. Like, he betrayed them. Aaron, Aaron is the cause for everything that happened. He deserves to die. Exactly. But Cole didn't say that. He just, yes, I know. He's bothered me, too. Right. 
and he, he basically saved Cassie by sending her to the future. So I'm, I'm really confused about where her head is right now. Well, she didn't come up with that uh, thing about Aaron until after he was trying to explain that Jennifer isn't exactly crazy, but she's prime. And Cassie's like, yeah, you killed Aaron. But she had no choice but to believe him after she met Tommy. No, this is true. Which is, by the way, very funny. Um, so in the asylum, Tommy Crawford, played by uh, Eric uh, Nunderson. Mm-hmm was also Alex Sadler in Continuum, Yay. another sci-fi time travel show that actually just wrapped up not too long ago. It had, it had a really interesting ending on it. so They keep it in the family. Yeah, it's like 41 episodes. If you can, just watch it. But what was really funny is the fact that his character, Alex Sadler, in Continuum is the one who created time travel. And his character in 12 Monkeys just sees all of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... One of those things that cracked me up. And I thought for sure he was going to be on there a lot longer than he was, but uh, no. I was really hoping he would stay on. I, I he, he had an interesting, um, he was an interesting character. Like, he was like Jennifer, someone was, that you want to keep around. He, Yeah, exactly. I wanted him to come do my interior painting in the house and paint the red forest on the top of the uh, ceiling. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that was really cool. But he insisted that I had this vision and I have to die today. And he, he basically sacrificed himself. Right. And, and that's something that Jennifer almost did. True. She almost did it. So Tommy knew that he was going to die that day, but they didn't find out until after the standoff that it was the messenger who was going to, after the first messenger died mm-hmm. and Cole was taken by the female of uh, the female messenger who was going to kill him. Right. So getting to that point was, you know, that kind of brought a little bit more onto it. Cause he, I think he sees, or he saw more than Jennifer did, or was better able to explain it than she is. Her, she was very jumbled. Tommy was not as jumbled as Jennifer is. I'm hoping we meet uh, another primary, or maybe Jennifer hooks up with another primary, well, and we get a bigger picture of all the things that are really happening. That was one of my... And th- what it has to do with the witness. Like, what what part does the witness play in it? Well, that was one of my theories that I had anyhow. Is like, is there always a primary? Like one primary dies, there's another primary, and then so on and so on, and then like Buffy, yeah, kinda like Buffy. Okay, well, if that's the case, Jennifer's primary for a very long time. Well, I I don't know. One thing that uh, when we're talking about Tommy here, one thing that Terry Metalis posted on Twitter today or yesterday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he said, "Remember the word Titan? We heard it in Jennifer's head, and now we heard it in Tommy's head." Interesting. I d- remember the Titan. Okay. Remember the Titans. Yes. Remember Denzel Washington. (laughs) I got it. When Denzel Washington shows up, we'll know (laughs) who the messenger, I mean, who the witness is. Got it. We take a step back on this one Mm -hmm. because the messengers aren't trying to do the, uh, start the plague that kills off most of the world's population. Their prime objective now is Tommy which is different than when we moved on from the virus. Yeah, that was resolved. Right, but I just thought it was interesting that we've moved into a different phase of something doing even more. Yeah, and I'm confused about what that new phase is. It's almost like one phase, the virus had to happen in order for the second phase. We're just like doing a time loop thing or whatever. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Cole takes the electricity very well. He does. He takes it like a dude. And, of course, that, you know, Cassie says, duck, Tommy, when you're ready, when I tell you to. And he doesn't duck. He has a plan. Yeah, he plans on taking a collarbone to the chest. 
Yeah, a collarbone that starts an awesome paradox. The biggest in history. Yeah, this paradox is red. Yes. When Cole had his paradox, it was blue. Every paradox that we've seen before this one has been blue. This is true. I wonder what it could mean. I'm not really sure because he's a primary. Yes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And plus there's a fact that the other paradoxes had nothing to do with um, a piece of bone, like oneself imploding, you know, like one part of another person going into their... Oh, no. my God, Brad. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? I think it has to do with the primary because, yes, it did, because Cole had his younger self's blood injected into him. Okay, never mind. To then. stop him from the damage that was causing him to and die it was still or whatever. Blue. See, for me, I was thinking of two objects occupying the oh, same place, space and time. No, yeah, I get what you're talking about. But, yeah, that was with Cole, it, it shows that this is totally different. Yeah. Well, it just means Cole's good and that whatever they plan is bad. Right. It's red forest bad. And I like the fact, I like the way the world changed. I'm confused about what's happening now. Did everybody get injected with that same serum that um, Jones injected herself with? I am not overly sure if they did or not. Because we see when uh, the, when Tommy dies, we see in the future the red forest starts to bloom up. And instead of the world changing around them, it change, they change with it, and they get to witness it happening. Like Jones kind of witnessed it that last time. You see, um, they're about to try to kill Ramses, and then all of a sudden, the red forest starts to bloom in the future. And you know, it, it, it hits the one guy, the one henchman, and it's like eating away his face. Like he got hit with a par. It looks like he got hit with a paradox himself, right. and it was like a virus, a flesh-eating virus. Well, he was like living and dying all at the same time. Exactly. And it was really weird. And of course, at that time, Ramses, he makes it and he saves Deacon, which was an awesome moment. Right. See, they don't want each other dead. They just, they hate each other, but not enough to well, kill not each enough other. To go, that's not a good way to die right there. Not you at know. all. But even when he was taking Ramsey to go bury himself like 19,000 miles away from the uh, oh, forever away. building, in the background, the, the horizon and everything was all red. Like it was a coming storm. Yeah. Like you, you could see the flickers as the ritual was happening in the past. You could see the flickers of everything in the future starting to change. Mm-hmm. Like even while they were talking and they didn't notice it or Deacon noticed something red, but he didn't really pay too much attention to it because well, he was trying to kill Ramsey. I just think it was slow getting there because that was all the anomalies that they were having with the machine anyhow. Yeah. To start with. Now, do you think that Ramsey's actions saving Deacon kind of bought his way back into the group? Probably. Yeah, I would hope so. I enjoy the character. It gave him a little bit of, of something. He didn't have to save him at all. Right. But he did. Right. Uh, my biggest question, though, was after the explosion from mm-hmm. the paradox, mm-hmm. who was left alive? I'm not sure if the messenger is alive, but I think so. I hope. Uh, she's she's interesting. I, I really hope that she's still alive. And, of course, Cassie and, and Cole are definitely alive. But they're stuck in the past. They're stuck in 1944 with Cone. Yeah, and they think they're like, you know, Russian spies. Serial killers? No, not Russian spies, but German spies. Oh, yeah, German spies pretending to be serial killers to stir up um, hysteria and fear. So it should be interesting. Definitely. I can't wait for next week. I I love this show. It always has a, a new twist to it that you don't expect, that you don't see coming at all. Yeah, I... At a loss, I'm like, I don't even know where they're going to go with it, but I'm fine with that. I love it. it it's you know builds the the uh, suspense on it. 
for sure. I just want to know, because we, we've seen the red plants before. Yeah, we've seen them so many different times, but now we're going to find out exactly what those red plants mean. And they're pretty so much, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, and they're pretty much creating a red forest. Yeah, for sure. So Now we'll find out what it means. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Definitely. You got anything else on this? Nope, that's all I got. Just a great episode. Can't yes. wait to see you next week. And hoping that things between Cassie and the whole group kind of gets better. Like, have a chill out. Take a chill pill. I can take it when Jones acts like that, because that's how Jones used to act in season one anyway. She's, she was very on mission. But I need Cassie to chill out. Yeah, Cassie needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Get back with the game. Definitely. All right. So if you aren't already there, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. We both got a lot of different articles there, and there are tons of awesome writers filling the site up with amazing fandom articles. And for more time-traveling goodness, you can check out our Legends of Tomorrow recap or podcast, or come on back next week, and we'll be returning with a recap of 12 Monkeys Episode 4 entitled Emergence. And if you have any thoughts or comments about this episode, let us know in the comments section below or hit us up on the Twitter or Facebook page. Until later, watch out for red things. Yeah, be careful. <laughs>